0: Ryan Holtz is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and
1: is proud to bring you The Ryan Holtz Show Podcast.
0: Uh, Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Ryan Holtz Show Podcast. Today we have an amazing guest before I get into her introduction. um, I just want to thank everybody for all the reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, Stitcher. SoundCloud, Google Play. I know everybody's like, Ryan, you're always stressing the reviews. You do not understand how much it helps our ranking. You do not understand how much it helps us do what we do on a daily basis. Again, our mandate is curiosity. We've had so many messages from people. Again, everybody who's been following along since episode one. This was always my passion project. You know, I like media. I like the whole industry. But I kind of said, you know what? I want to show that I can really just be myself, do my own thing. And, uh, everybody knows me for marketing and owning a marketing agency, but this podcast has really taken over uh, a different side of me. And I, I just absolutely love it. Um, I'm really trying to find amazing guests, which I think we have. Our guests have been really cool. And to be quite honest, some guests we've had on, man, I'm surprised they even gave us the light of day, but it just shows you that humility. Uh, some people you think who are uber successful, they're actually really, really humble, and it's really amazing. So we're very, very thankful for that. Our next guest that we have on, her name is Judy Fox, um, and she goes by the hashtag Fox Rocks. Um, she's talked to Gary Vaynerchuk. She's talked to Sean Cannell. She's been at one of those video summits, basically, you know, stalking people, going around, showing her high energy, always laughing. Her first introduction to me was through a Instagram video where she sent a video message. And I think it was amazing because I'm like, you know, every time you connect with somebody, very seldom do you get like a one-to-one video message. And you basically said, she basically said, Ryan, you and I both do that same face together. And and uh, she, she did the face. So um, Judy Fox gets you the results and opportunities you want from your content with her 20 years in management and direction level positions at Fortune 500 company, she combines her experience and Fox Rocks brand, Superpowers, which is energetic, enthusiastic, and results-oriented. She hit 1 million views in five months on LinkedIn and reverse-engineered content marketing and now brings her clients' strategies and creative direction that creates results to increase community engagement, inbound leads, and business opportunities. And I want to add to the bio that that's only one side of Judy, and we definitely want to talk about that in this podcast, but... I suspect there's a whole different side to Judy. But Judy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. amazing. Let's do the face. Let's, yay. Let's
0: <laughs> do the face. I love it. So Judy, um, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. Um, yes. So on your LinkedIn profile, I was really shocked because I looked at it and I said, wow, technically you haven't been doing video and all that that long. So... Even when we were just chatting before we press record, I said, "You know, it, it kind of seems like maybe you bursted onto the scene and did it." And you kind of corrected me and said, "No, actually, it was far from that." So let's get right into it. Tell us about yourself. Tell the audience, like, who you are. Are you a mom? Are you a Are you a wife? Are you not a wife? Like, just just tell us about you. All right,
1: we're gonna dive into the deep end. <laughs> 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 we're gonna get to the juicy stuff. Mm. So. Um, And that's interesting because it's that hook and teaser. Come on, guys. Come on in. Let's let's listen in. Uh, All right. So who is Judy Fox? I grew up on the East Coast in Richmond, Virginia, and I moved around a lot. I'm just going to go right into that because, you know, moving around a lot creates the You just, you have to throw yourself into situations. You have Mm -hmm. to figure out how to talk to people. You literally, unless you're just going to stay inside your house, you've got to figure out your network, how to get around, how to do things. And so I lived in. Which really, again, opened up, you know, my headspace as far as living in a place where I did not fluently speak German. (laughs) And it kind of like you mentioned before, or you just opened up and said the humbleness of knowing that You just don't know whoever on this planet you can help and how they can help you. Mm. So you just don't know. And so I try to kind of remove those blinders of thinking one way, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. You know, what's interesting about that, too, is that, you know, we always talk about having the scarcity mentality and then the abundance mentality. And it's interesting because past guests have came on and, you know, one 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 dude, he was really solid. and He said. I said, do you ever do you ever get worried? Do you ever get scared to go pitch somebody or, or go after your dream, or you know you've heard a reputation about somebody and you think they're gonna say no? And his answer was no. And he said the reason that is Ryan is that person is just as temporary as I am. We all owe a death. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you have, how connected you are, how many likes, how many retweets, impressions, video views. At the end of the day, we all are humans. And I think that social media and online, it's connected the world, but I really feel like it's also disconnected the world in many ways. So I see a lot of big personalities online. And then, you know, maybe we hop on a podcast or we hop on a phone call and this person's like mute. And one thing I love about you is you can't fake you. You, you really are you. You're very transparent. I, I've seen you on multiple platforms. You're, you're the same cohesive Judy, always smiling, always going crazy. <laughs> Um, but going back into, you moved around a lot. Why, why is that?
1: It was mostly for jobs and opportunities following and following this kind of internal spirit where my first job out of college, I was like, I want to go as far away as possible. So I went to the desert in California and worked at a mine in the (laughs) desert. So it's, it's completely random, but it was amazing and it was a great opportunity. And then I moved up to Chicago and that's where I got my master's and, I worked out of the corporate office, right by the Sears Tower, living that life and doing my rolling bag and getting on the, you know, to the L train and and going to the airport and always jet setting. So I lived that life. And then I've done the outdoors adventure track. So I've climbed Mount Rainier twice and I've skydived and I paraglided off a mountain in Switzerland and I just had a whole bucket list of things I wanted to do and went backpacking on the Appalachian Trail for two weeks and just, just had a whole, oh, I bicycled the whole state of Virginia down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So Mm. that was amazing. So I just made all these things happen. And then that's when, and none of that was lived out through social media. (laughs) Just, I just lived it. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you see this person, I know you're about to say something when it's like, I actually took myself off social media for other reasons, but it happened to work out well, because like you said, when I blasted on the scene, like literally March, 2018, it was because I hadn't done social media for four years. Mm. So it was easier for me to kind of come in with a different perspective and kind of stay grounded and not get caught up. And, and I have to remind myself like, if all of social media disappeared, I would still be fine because I rocked it during those other years. I mean, I ran my business without social media, and it gives you that perspective.
0: Mm. Why, do yeah. you, why do you feel you left for four years? Is it like you, you're, <laughs> you're you're somebody you feel you're somebody that seems that you can you go very very high, but every time you know psychology for me always tells me if something go really high, maybe they can go really low at certain times. And I've heard a lot of people, you know, they're very, very conscientious on their intake of social media. And if they feel like they're getting almost too wrapped up in it, some of them say, look, I got to make restrictions. I got to take a step back. I mean, the whole world right now is in a buzz over social media, but it's also, you know, there's been tons of studies in terms of mental health with social media. Is it making us happier? Is it making us sadder? Is it, you know, is it creating a great platform? Is it causing a lot of issues? for you to step away for four years and go live your life and then come back on the scene. Why was that? And do you, now that you're back on the scene, do you still have that kind of little thought in the back of your head that's still maybe cautious about (laughs) that?
1: I have two, I have a totally different reason for going off social media not for the mental health aspect. It was actually for the protective aspect. So Mm. what you say and what you do and what you like, for example, you've seen those people who have, gotten on an airplane, maybe tweeted something right before they get on an airplane. And by the time they get off, they have lost their job because oh, yeah. they have said something wrong. I mean, I'm thinking of one specific story. <laughs> yeah. But there's thousands of stories out there that we don't even know about that might be at a smaller scale or a personal scale. And so because I at during this period of time I became a single mom okay. and I became extremely protective of my mental space and my health oh, and man. also being very concerned with how I showed up on social media that for some reason, if anyone took a picture of me and I happened to be out at a group event, Mm. it would be innocent. It would be fine, but yet people can twist stuff. And that's where I came from during those four years where I was very, very cognizant of wanting to put my full efforts into, you know, my, my son, he was two, two and a half at the time. And, you know, I know you have a young child. Mm. I think my, my computer just dinged. So I'm trying to make sure it doesn't do that again and so he was very young at the time and mm. i wanted to put myself in becoming a single parent is not for <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> it's, absolutely
1: it's and especially when it happens overnight like very quickly and it's not something that you know you wanted or it's something that just it creates i actually equated it to almost having a house fire
0: yeah and i and i
1: know that maybe very dramatic with all the things happening out in California and losing their possessions. But I literally started my life over with one paycheck and what I could put in my car.
0: Absolutely. So wow. That's
1: it. wow. So I feel like that just grounded me like nothing else could. And mm-hmm. it made me really realize you don't know what anyone's going through. You don't know the behind the scenes on social media. And by me taking myself off social media was a little bit of, I just need to put myself and do what's right right now for me and my child and make our life as best as possible.
0: You know, it's amazing that you say that. I mean, I, I, you know, our son turned two just uh, Mm -hmm. November 2nd and man, people ask me like it's I I feel like I've had first of all, my my dream since a little kid is always to have my own family. I always knew I wanted to be married. I always knew I wanted to have kids. I come from a a single a single mom raised me. And she passed away when I was very, very young, 13 years old. And it was very tough for me. And, you know, I didn't, I'm, you know, since that time, I never really got that nucleus of, of that cohesive family. And I said, the only way I'm ever really going to get that in this life, Ryan, is if you create it yourself. And I managed to create that. So people would always say like, oh, Ryan, you're, you're really serious about having kids. I'm like, when I meet the right person, like I'm all in. What's amazing, mm-hmm. since my son was born, Dejan, is... You really do. Even though you think you're, you're really protective over your time. Your time. Oh, you become a like I became a beast over my time. I've fired <laughs> clients. I've rearranged tons of stuff in my life to make sure that my number one focus is always my son. If anything ever comes in that, it's done. It's actually a yeah. non-negotiable policy for me. There's no amount of money. Don't care about the material. I also prep for this, so I, I believe in the marathon rather than the sprint. But. It's interesting because I had this conversation on LinkedIn. So one of the gentlemen, um, he, he said on LinkedIn, he, he, he runs triathlons, but he was holding his son. And I commented on it and he said, I love the fact that you're holding your son. And LinkedIn has became this like, quote unquote, professional network. But I always say like marketing 101, even if we're going to go into the business side of things, is even if you're marketing cars, which I do a lot in the automotive sector, those people that mm-hmm. buy cars, eat food, wear clothes, have kids... Are married are not married they're human beings so i think it's nice to show different elements of that but i basically said to him i said how do you balance going after your goals and dreams and then also being a father and he said ryan execution of balance is hard i need to know why i'm working hard is because i need to distract myself accumulate stuff or is it ego related it's easy to self deceive i can't spend that hour reading to my boy because i need to answer emails do i really need to my dad and males in our family were like this. Being a good dad was working hard. I've had to question the why behind my activity, especially when it encroaches on my son's time. Being a dad now is is our most important job because it will be less glamorous than the cool stuff we can pursue elsewhere. But that's what being a good dad is all about. So I feel like mm-hmm. this is very, very timing and impactful to you. So you now, four years off the grid, back on the grid with a vengeance. Um, how much of that has really played into the foundation and kind of your goal process going forward because for me I'm 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 always inquisitive cuz I see Judy Fox and she's high energy, crazy, <laughs> I love it. Like I love everything that you do, but to me I think that any audience the, the best part they're going to get from you and yes, we'll talk about video and strategies and all that, but yeah. the best the best thing is how did Judy get her groom herself into this wonderful base to even be able to go out into the world and do what you're doing now. And I think that's kind of the sweet stuff. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So I think a couple of things I did was I started specifically during those four years, I feel like there was maybe two buckets I could say I did. One was I actually filmed video during those four years. Mm. So I actually, um, you know, not saying that anyone has to do four years of video to be able to get comfortable on camera, but I became really comfortable on camera and i was doing it mainly for purposes of filming and documenting life with um you know my son and mm. and because we were starting over uh it was actually a project that i took on which was kind of like a short one second app kind of type project mm. where it, over the course of a year you can see your life in these snips and i started doing that because i needed a reason to kind of even i wasn't on social media i wasn't doing it for nobody has seen those videos <laughs> they're great videos because it's, they're super but watching them made me realize the progress made me realize mm-hmm. what i had been through made me realize what was important and i could watch that video and mm-hmm. it was reinforcing and it was getting me comfortable on camera whether i knew it or not And then the second thing was during that time, I was consuming. So I actually um, became a member of B-School. I took Marie Forleo's B-School. But because I wasn't posting and I wasn't being inactive and I wasn't creating content, I literally could consume. And what I chose to consume was business and social media and marketing and Mm. social selling and LinkedIn. Mm. And I was still on LinkedIn during this time. So that was a huge piece of it i'd actually been really active on linkedin but in the direct messages so i wasn't i was creating one-on-one relationships i was networking i was running my own company so i had to still have inbound you know content and leads but i wasn't making content to bring them in but i was studying basically how to do it
0: interesting so. now when we talk about value-based content and and value-based content is and it, it to me value-based content is I always say, don't, you know, don't advertise, add value ties, meaning, you know, that value based content, if you're a plumber and you write up a PDF of, you know, 10 most common ways to fix a, you know, leaky pipe, and then you post that, you know, PDF and say, hey, download it. It's free. No, no gimmicks here. Enjoy. We're assuming, and we see it all the time where that same customer might say, I'm not fixing this. But now your topic of mind, you became a thought leader. You became, you know, kind of a leader in your space, and people kind of start to gravitate towards you because there's this level of security that you've now kind of put around yourself through the education which you put out. So for you now, jumping into the four years of basically vlogging, the vlogs mm-hmm. that nobody ever seen. <laughs> so you've been blo- you've been vlogging way before vlogging was even cool or <laughs> a buzzword. So you got all <laughs> kinds crazy. of vlogs. Now I can just picture you with your son. You're you're sitting on the couch and you're like, okay. Play tape eight, and you got your whole catalog. It's nicely mastered. You you can go in, you can eat some ice cream. You can shed some tears, shed some laughs. Now taking that four years of basically just consuming, educating. Here's what Mm -hmm. I think is amazing. Most people do that for their whole life. Mm -hmm. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to go get the job. I'm going to become a doctor and they're studying and sometimes post-secondary don't get me wrong but a lot of people go to post-secondary and do master's degrees because I feel like they're scared to execute on their own thesis they just stay in school now you actually took all this time of education and said well I know at some point I'm going to start executing on it and now you are executing on it so you coming onto the scene since 2018 making a huge wave you think in part you've made such a such great progress because you came back with such a fury of knowledge Mm -hmm. so (laughs) talk to us about that you know you you know if somebody's you know has all this content in their brain and then they let it unleash after four years does that maybe you think that might have given you actually a leg up when you think about it
1: i think it was a couple things i actually went back into corporate so I was running my own company during that time, and then right at the end of it, right at the end of the kind of four-year period, the last two years of the four years. The four years seemed so long, like holy oh yeah. <laughs> crap! <laughs> but it, the last two of the four. So the first two years I was still running my own company. The last two years I was not. I was in a corporate space, and what happened? I think I started becoming this bit of a pressure cooker, mm. where i was seeing that i had built up an idea of what life should look like or what could be possible and i'd been consuming those first few years and then what happened is is i realized when you start working in these corporate jobs you start i mean not every corporate job of course but i started feeling that sense of dread on sunday Mm, that sense of mm. not being happy that sense of living only for the weekend that Mm. sense of being really frustrated that i couldn't I had to walk some type of tightrope that Mm. when i was setting goals at the company those weren't my goals they were their goals and i get that but there was no it's almost like they gave you space to put one of your goals And even when I wanted that one goal, they kept saying, no, you've got to pick something different. And I was like, Mm. but that's the one I want. (laughs) 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 And I just felt like I couldn't, I was, something was off and maybe I couldn't, I just was, I was so out of the box or the cubicle box or whatever. I just couldn't, couldn't get it again. I couldn't, I had, I had been in a corporate space before for 10 years. It was great. I had worked in consulting. It was great. And then I just finally maybe hit a wall or whatever. Or maybe that's burnout where you just literally look at it and you're like, is this it?
0: Mm. <laughs> is this what
1: it's going to be for the next? I don't know. It's like, is it, or do they want you to be miserable or I don't know. Is there some written policy that you sign that it's like, just go to your desk, sit down, put your head down. Do your work? Don't question just, you know, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I'm not saying every office is like that, but mm. it just, I started to feel that way and then maybe that's on me. I it was me saying like I can't do that. I have all these ideas and I mm. was feeling creative and then that's when it just exploded because I basically quit that job January 2018. Mm. And there was almost no option. I had to make this work. And not in a desperate sense, but in a this is gonna fill my soul. And now, when my son goes to school, he's like, "Oh, you get to stay home and have fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you get to go to these networking events, like Vid Summit, or I just went to RebelCon, and here in the Richmond, Virginia area. And then I'm going to another networking event, and I'm just out now, and I'm like being myself. Mm. And I think that's the final piece of the puzzle. I was always told that myself, my natural personality was I wanted to be on stage or I came across like I wanted to be on camera and I'm like, well, I kind of do. Maybe is that a problem? <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't work in the corporate space and what I was doing, I was supposed to push paperwork, mm. but that wasn't my personality. And I finally was like, oh, that's okay for that to not be my personality.
0: You know what? It's Just- it's interesting. Like your biggest asset is your time. And what would you tell the people listening that are feeling exactly the same way and we know there's many people that feel the exact same way right now and it's it's really interesting i get into these deep philosophical conversations even if i call my like cable company and i hear the person on the phone assuming they're not from like india or the philippines you know and i'm because i don't know the situation over there but if i know it's like you know john or sarah or jermaine or whoever the hell i'm talking to i'm like do you like your job and some people like (laughs) The ones that give great customer service, they actually like what they're doing. And it, I always tell people because people are like, well, Ryan, not, not everybody's an entrepreneur. And of course not. If you're happy, in my opinion, you've made it. If you're happy, you've made it. Now for you, what kind of tips would you give to somebody that is maybe feeling that is it me that's not making this corporate gig work? Is it the corporation that's not making you know, this corporate gig work? How would you say, almost like a self-assessment, but also self-awareness, is there a couple things that you could, you know, actionable items that you feel like somebody could do to really kind of give them the desired answer that they're looking for?
1: Definitely. Well, first I want to say the biggest thing that you've mentioned so far is curiosity. And Mm. I love that that's what you're all about because when I, I hired a coach And so I think that's another thing I had been going to therapy and counseling because of those four years and wanting to really work out what, you know, where my emotions were and where my um, headspace was at. But Mm. I also realized I needed a coach. I needed a business Mm. mindset a little more than I needed therapy at that point. (laughs) There's, there's pros and cons and I'm not at all, you know, they both have their place, but it, I do feel like right around that, hmm, was it December or January, right when I was quitting my job. And maybe I should have had a coach before that, but I was right at that to make a decision. And that's when I hired a coach because after it, you need outside perspective. Cause you just said, um, how do you know? And sometimes you just, you you're in it so deep and you, mm. I had all these built in notions of how life had to work so I had two things happen, I think, really quickly at the same time. I got introduced to podcasts. Oh, I didn't really know what these were. That sounds really funny, but I'd been consuming YouTube videos or I'd been consuming Facebook news feeds. And I wasn't even on Instagram. I didn't even know what that was. That sounds really funny. But if you take yourself off for four years, what? You, why would you know any of these absolutely. things? <laughs>
0: absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I basically feel like two things happened. Because I had consumed Marie Forleo's B-School, I had been witnessing – and seeing everything that everyone's working on by seeing and going out and even just like that whole concept of finding a mentor finding somebody who's doing something that sparks so if you have a little spark inside of you you're working in a corporate job you're not sure like you said maybe it's the corporation maybe it's not well then follow a couple sparks and Mm -hmm. if you're curious if it's entrepreneur or if it's another company even just network to somebody in another company with a different position and maybe say, can we go to coffee? I'd love to ask you what you think about this other company. What are the pros and cons for working there? What are your thoughts? Because Mm -hmm. input will help you make that decision. And then the next thing was seeing the podcast and listening to people made me realize, oh, they think like me. Oh, there's other people running companies. Like how I would want to run a company. Yeah. Oh, I can learn from them. And then the next thing, I guess I'm coming up with three things, but the coach that I ended up getting, I ended up not finding a mentor. I found a coach instead. And she really helped me unlock that kind of curiousness mm. and realizing that I it wasn't necessarily you know the company. The company was just fine. People love working there. So what was my problem? Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I realized it was just a disconnect. I couldn't show up in a way at that company that they needed, because I couldn't do it. I literally was like walking with like brick, like shoes and concrete walking in every day, because oh I just God. couldn't feel it. Like I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Whereas, there's plenty of people who go to work there, and they're happy, and they're fine, and they value, they they get it, they're in it, and they love it. I just couldn't.
0: Those corporate handcuffs. I still to this day almost get a, you know, it's so funny. I'll sit down with somebody. And I really had to come to the come be. I really had to find peace within myself to be able to accept that people don't think like me, you mm-hmm. know, and um, I didn't understand it because at first you feel like when you're young and you're you're still maturing. You're like, well, am I weird? And then you go into like from weirdness to like, OK, I'm a little bit isolated now because now I feel like I'm just like it's just like me. And then you go into that stage where it's like now you go you know you're in school and the teacher's like listen you have a big personality you need to calm it down and focus on school and then i figured out that big personality got me to where i am today so could you imagine if i would have suppressed myself mm-hmm. and, and you go through all these feelings of like self-doubt and and wondering what's going on and people now you know and, and i'm just i'm just kind of paraphrasing but the like is you know, Ryan, how how have you just taken, you know, life by the balls? And I said, there's no other, there's no other option. Like I'm going to literally live my best life. But one of these reasons for the podcast is, and I've listened to a lot of podcasts too, is, you know, I wanted, I wanted to create a podcast that there was no questions beforehand. There was no script. It truly was a conversation because I feel like when you can get somebody into a comfortable place inside of their own brain, that's when they really start telling you the things that, probably everybody else can really benefit from now for mm-hmm. you, you gave those three tactics and, you know, including the coach and whatnot to really figure out, is it me in this particular corporate environment or is it the corporate environment? Yeah. But if we dial back, the one thing we we haven't talked about is people feel financial pressure. So they got mm-hmm. bills, they got mortgage or rent or car. I mean, single mom, single dad, single parents, you have a child to feed. Those, those things are, They'll keep you up at night, you know, like you you, you mm-hmm. have to provide. How do you go or how do people go about, you know, finance, like finan- the financial aspect where they're saying, Judy, those things all sound great, but I got bills to pay. Now, I'm going to answer half of the question for you only because I feel like it's a deep rooted question because we were taught at a young age, go to school, mm-hmm. get debt. Right. Assuming you didn't come from a wealthy family, you're going to have a lot of debt, even just from a student loan. Mm -hmm. And you now have taught you've been taught to upgrade your phone and buy the latest technology and products, products, products. Now you've gotten yourself into a financial commitments that you literally are stuck where you need to be. Even if you look at Gary Vaynerchuk, he always he always says he's like, if you really want to pursue entrepreneurship, get out of those damn financial commitments. Drive the shittier car, release yourself of that pressure you know, stack some money for six to eight months in your bank account and then go at it. What Mm -hmm. would you say to that? And how how is that implemented in your whole road path to where you are today?
1: I would say, you know, I have been I did graduate college in 1999, so I have been saving and doing those types of things for a while. And I do feel really lucky that the first job I got out of college, I actually really vibed with the culture. I ended up making a lot of good friends. So and I'm not saying I didn't make friends elsewhere. It's just that I was there for 10 years and I was able to really kind of solidify a good solid savings. And I was living in apartments. I was not living. I was either living in, um, you know, like um, multi complex kind of apartments. And, you know, I wasn't living life crazy. I was taking advantage of any business trips and I would tag on a weekend. So I would, Mm. that's how I did all my, you know, I traveled a ton, but I traveled as a connection to a business trip. Okay. So I did a lot of stuff to not, so I didn't go anywhere exotic. I saved up all my airline miles to finally take the biggest trip that I'd ever taken. And that was in 2008. And like I said, I had gotten out of college in 1999. So 2008 is the first trip I really took that was not paid for by work. So All these lifestyles that you see and maybe i was lucky because i didn't have that i didn't look at what everyone else was doing i was in my own lane and so that is the reminder to get in your lane i mean all these you have to remember all these places that you're going sometimes somebody else would wish they were doing that Mm. so the life you're living might be something that somebody else wishes they had (laughs) just even for the pool in your local neighborhood it can look and just (laughs) You know the fact that you're sitting in a pool in some other random exotic location doesn't always have to be the place that you have to go and i just was super happy i don't know <laughs> i was enjoying life and like i said it was it all worked out but i saved a lot of money doing that and i wasn't I don't know. I drove the same car for a long time until it like smoked and broke down on the highway in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Not ideal, by the way. It was a Honda Civic. I mean, so where did you where did you down. where
0: did you get all these like mindful, talkful skills, and even just the awareness mentally to even you know financially be you know smart? You know, like is that something that you were taught growing up? Is that like where does that yeah. come from? Because it seems like you're, you've been preparing, man. You basically, <laughs> you know, you like I got my emergency kit. I'm ready to go. You know, actually think of socks. everyone have an
1: emergency kit in their car. <laughs> 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 um, yes, I feel like I was raised by two very solid parents that mm. were not very. Um, you know, we went to the same beach vacation every year. My parents drove the same cars until they pushed them in the ground, kind of stuff, and. Just conservative with money, but also my dad really sat me down and we opened up a savings account okay. and bank account, opened up a 401k or no, a Roth IRA roll, or a regular IRA, rolled it into a Roth IRA literally in 1998, 1999. So yeah. I've been saving for retirement since then <laughs> and, you know, just taught those things. And then the one other thing that happened was during college, it was recommended. There was a course called family financial management and Damn, that was a good course. It was all about how to buy a car, how to invest in the stock market, how to um, how to buy your first house, how to how to leverage your money and mm. make it go further. And so, I'm not going to say that it hasn't been stressful at times, and I haven't wondered. Like I said, I had a moment where I was kind of a moment of reckoning to move back in with my parents. I moved in with them when I was 38, and that wasn't easy, but. There's these moments that you just kind of gotta go. This is temporary and go with it.
0: Mm, good for you. See? Um, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> We're gonna do some air horns. Uh Judy, what's your <laughs> what's your opinion of people taking care of their feet?
1: Their feet? Yes. Oh and my And I'm gonna gosh, I'm gonna prelude
0: with this. My my business card is a sock. It's a men's sock. If you can see that it. and it's even dirty on the tips, so it's authentic, right? I have this. I did a whole podcast on foot care and feet because it's been my thing since 13 years old. I like to ask this question in interviews once in a while, uh, just to throw people off a bit. But I, I feel like you can tell a lot from how somebody takes care of their feet. So, what when I say that to you, what do you what what, what does that make you think?
1: Oh my gosh, two things. It makes me think is I grew up as a runner.
0: Okay. So yeah.
1: So I ran five Ks. I've run a marathon. I've run a half marathon. I was actually a pretty solid runner. I could run um, a five K. I was pretty proud of my times, but I got sub twenty minutes. So like nineteen fifty around there.
0: So do you ever talk exciting. about? Do you ever talk about running? You I, you don't really talk about that. Oh, Man.
1: No, this is no. the first time I've ever mentioned it. That I my my yeah. base of probably some of the um, endurance concepts comes from running. I mean. How did I climb Mount Rainier? It's not just a physical thing. It's a mental thing. And then yoga. I did a lot of yoga Mm. for those 10 years. I was working for that corporation. One of the really positives, those things that companies think like, should we add a yoga or should we do meditation? Yes. Huge. Because that actually was a huge part of the support that that company, I felt as permeated Mm. through the company that they supported your gym membership. They had it. Located right there, so you could go during lunch and go work out. And so I would go do yoga during lunch, and that was huge. huge. So I actually think I got faster at running because I was doing yoga. Yeah, I love hot, I love good. hot yoga.
0: I do love hot mm-hmm. yoga. I wish I would have t- did it during my football playing days. I really do. It's amazing. I can do crap that people are like, "What the hell, dude? You are a messed up guy." <laughs> the flexibility. So, so um, second
1: thing. Feet care is there was a period of time I don't know if I'm that intense about it I guess became becoming a single mom but before I even had kid you know my my child um, I would always at night like take care of my feet before I went to bed and it was a ritual it was part of brush your teeth do this and I literally every night okay put lotion on your feet or scrub or I always yeah. did something so Good yes take you. care of your feet
0: yeah there you go <laughs> now. A lot of people like as you're alluding to on social media and this is kind of what i i think is so important is that everybody shows i feel like a lot of people are only showing their end destination nowadays mm. I, I feel like you're getting a lot of i made it now i'm gonna get on instagram and post i made it now i'm gonna get on linkedin and start talking but you if you've been to the finish line you know that there's nowhere near as many people at the finish line as there is people running the race still. And to mm-hmm. me, my definition of the finish line is when that casket is dropping into the ground. It ain't I over I think
1: say that's my definition of I the mean, finish line Yeah, <laughs>
0: and, and your perceived destination is it, like, I, I, people are like, I want to get there. I'm like, I don't know if you really want to get there. You need to enjoy this journey. Now, mm-hmm. what we try to do here on the podcast is we try to figure out how how can we get this person who we're talking to to tell us about the journey? Can you imagine if Jeff Bezos, when he was packing books in his garage, was um, vlogging? Do you know how many views his video would have? Now.
1: I think Gary actually said that the other day. Yeah, (laughs) but it's
0: true. Now, if you went and you, you're going all the way up. I guarantee if you went all the way back You pulled out Mm -hmm. of that four-year catalog of footage. That video, whatever you pull out, is going to be one of the most viewed videos of your life. Because what that video is going to do for you is it's going to, number one, humanize you in a way like no other. Number Mm -hmm. two, it's going to make people see, wow, she's actually like a real person. She's actually showing kind of that mucky area, so to speak, into what, you know, she could, like, I want to, like, the mud is so important, The mud Mm -hmm. is important because without the mud in the soil, how does the flower ever grow? And social media has became all about the flower. And it's not showing you that three-dimensional story a lot of the times. When you do look at people that are succeeding well with social media, video, and content, the common denominator, and I've I've tried to study this really hard, is that they're really showing a good, well-rounded 360 approach. And I feel that's what's bringing the people in to feel like, I really want to partake. Like you brought up Mary, Mary Fo- Folio and stuff, and she yeah. does a great job of that. You know, I don't know her too well or know her stuff, but I like the name always comes up. Right. Yeah. For you, um, kind of fast forwarding forward a million views on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, what's the strategy? How and why are you going crazy on LinkedIn? What do you see that's so important about LinkedIn that specifically is helping you for your business? but also might help other people that are looking, you know, at doing maybe something similar or just trying to attract new business for their current business.
1: I think the thing about LinkedIn just to kind of like fast forward everyone to the final like finish line, I guess, but you can meet people in a Mm. way that you can't meet them on other channels or other, you know, through Instagram or through Facebook. At least I feel that way because they're ready for a conversation that might include business. versus some of the other channels you I understand there to me I show up socially on LinkedIn in a lot of ways and a lot of fun and smiling Mm -hmm. but you know if somebody wants to have a business conversation I'm in business mode (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that platform lends itself to that it's almost like you know meeting at the water cooler chatting for a second it's a 24 seven networking event. And just like you would at a networking event, you wouldn't always talk business, but you'd be ready for it if somebody said, hey, what do you do? And who are you? So that's how I show up on there. I treat it like it's, um, an event where I can say, Hey, how are you? And this is what I do in real life, real life networking events. I just had to up kind of up my game I went to an all women's networking event recently and i would never done that. And that mm-hmm. sounds it, it kind of sounds funny in my head. I'm like, I've never done it. And so one thing I implemented was walking around the conference, especially because it was hard to meet that first person. Cause I didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. So I met this first person. We happened to walk in together. I said, do you know anyone here? do you know anyone that you might introduce me to? Because Mm. I don't know anybody. And so she introduced me and said, you should check out, tell her this person. I said, go over and say hi. And that allowed, and think of it as networking the same way on LinkedIn. Mm. So if you meet one person, so you meet me and then through the course of chatting, me and you talk and you're like, oh, do you know Dr. Natalia? Because I know she was just on, I mean, I do know her, but I don't. I've never mm. talked with her and I would love to talk with her. So it's one of those like back and forth where maybe you could do an intro and, and mm. you know, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I do feel like if I needed to talk to her, I probably could reach her.
0: But. Of, well, <laughs> well, no, of course, of course. I think she's, uh, she's, she's fantastic. I mean, she's,
1: oh, she's very,
0: she's very out of the box. I mean, you seen her little unicorn uh, costume mm-hmm. the other day. I,
1: I told her. <laughs> I got off that video and I actually clicked on Fox onesies because I'm Judy Fox. I need to get a Fox onesie now.
0: <laughs> some reselling of yeah. some reselling of mer- there you go. Yeah. See reselling a merch. No. Um, um, well, you have
1: your, your sock card. I, I, I'm trying to create a Fox one.
0: I got I got a sock card, you know, even the wall behind me. I call it the I am enough wall. Mm-hmm. So I put little mementos on this wall And it's, you know, I got one, I got a couple things that viewer listeners have actually carved out. If you see the little logo, I have my own action figure right there. Some of my football equipment from back in the day. Um, you know, just things that for me were always very monumental moments. So, um, going forward into content strategy, how does somebody who says, man, I cannot do video. I'm a terrible writer. You know those people that basically say their life is over. They can never put out content. Why should they put out content? who Who should even remotely respect their voice behind this content? How do you come up with a content strategy and then you can work into your fabulous answer of repurposing that content because you're very good with that, and that is the trick in content, I think, is repurpose,
1: yeah. so two things. I think um if somebody's feeling unsure about what their voice is, how they would show up, I tell them to first show up in the comments, especially on Uh, LinkedIn. That is something that people can follow. Like, for example, the comments on Instagram, I don't see all of your comments on. I mean, I'd have to go search for them or find you commenting on somebody else's post and be like, oh, there's Ryan. Cool. But I wouldn't know that you're doing that. But on LinkedIn, that's not the case. You actually see comments come up from people and on a post. So I can actually see that you or anyone commenting on LinkedIn, I can go like your comment. Do
0: you and know, I sometimes... Do you want to oh, fu- know what's funny, Judy? I literally, I had Natalyan, an on, and um, previous to that, I made, like, I don't even know when I even created my LinkedIn profile. I, don't, I mm-hmm. can't even give you an honest answer. I think it sat dormant and, like, unupdated for, like, ever. And I was just like, I can't get intimate about LinkedIn. My first platform that set it off for me was Twitter and okay. then Twitter to me just seemed like it didn't grow it stayed at those 300 million you know monthly active users people that understood Twitter very powerful but I felt like the rest of the world just kind of had this disconnect um, mm-hmm. but I loved Instagram because I felt Instagram was so simple it was one to one and it was actually I the with Natalia and I told her this, it actually sparked all this stuff you even see on LinkedIn. I barely used it before I interviewed her on LinkedIn. I think I hopped on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and I seen her and I seen something else. And I was just like, "Some she just wrote LinkedIn is so powerful. I'm like, what? And then I just reached out and I'm like, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And, you know, she just took me through this journey. And then I'm like, I'm going to start looking at everything. And I'm like, wow. So my peanut butter and jelly or my Hennessy and cigar is LinkedIn and Instagram right now because mm-hmm. I feel like it's powerful. Like Instagram is powerful, right? I've, I've put a lot of work on that platform. I love it. Um, but LinkedIn now combined, it's nuts. And I, I know. I, I
1: really want more on Instagram, by the way. Well, I, <laughs> like
0: I mean, I, I, I see you. Yeah. I see you pushing. I think link. I think mm-hmm. Instagram, though, just for you, I think the, the play and some people do keep it like I only want to talk about business on on Instagram. But I think yeah. Instagram is one of those uh, platforms. You really got to question yourself on that a bit because Instagram where you get the win is if you come at like I just see people do it and they completely keep to business. And it, mm-hmm. it's not you got to show a little personal like you got to show some love and and things like that with it, because I feel like uh, it's amazing how many people are actually on Instagram and LinkedIn, but they're mm-hmm. very undercover about it because they go to LinkedIn and they keep all their business there. And then I see all their personal on their Instagram. And I think people don't want you to connect it because they're like, well, that's my professional. You see me doing all these bad things on the weekend because I've literally like literally connected with people. I'm like, oh, my God. Judy is not the Judy I met on Instagram on LinkedIn. She's very different, right?
1: But I'm the same, I think. But I'm you not are the same business. I do show um, a little bit of trick or treating. The other day, I did a story about cutting the grass in my front yard, <laughs> but still connected into a business concept, which is kind of <laughs> random. But. Yeah. I mean, does it do other people cut their grass in their yard in shapes and patterns? I don't know.
0: Uh, oh, do you do the, do you do the diamond? Do you do the patterns?
1: <laughs> I do anything random. I just, I even did a smiley face the other day. I was trying what? to just make random stuff. Yeah. Yo. But I have to keep it interesting. And that goes back to business. Sometimes you just have to have a little bit of fun. The end result is the final end result for the client. I know I'm turning, cutting grass into business, which is what I did on the story, but it was kind of funny and I had a good time. I like making stuff like that. I, think i i think there's no holds
0: bar in my opinion i think the more the merrier i think if you have like a lot you're very talented where you can take something that's completely different and then contextualize it to whatever end thesis you're trying to push out or whatever right let me
1: tell you one idea i had for instagram when i was cutting the grass and as a single parent and single mom i was thinking like you know to inspire other single moms i should take like a crazy pose with my um with my lawnmower because who's doing that they're all doing their body shots they're on the beach they're doing this i'm like rocking it with my uh with my (laughs) lawnmower there like and be like this lawnmower is amazing yeah i know i i think (laughs) a lawnmower (laughs) i
0: i i I think you're you're truly great so content (laughs) strategy somebody who is you know, has a business and is right now focused on completely, you know, smacking people in the face with all their ads and just getting nowhere because everything that they're putting out is an advertisement. How Mm -hmm. do they switch their mentality to go from an advertisement to, you know, an ad value tiesment because they're going to say to you, Hey, Judy, uh, I need to make money here. So how does me writing a PDF of 10, you know, 10 top ways how to replace your sink, Going to get me more calls to replace the sink out. Like, how do you talk to somebody like that? That's just so like black and white, cut and dry. Like, no, I need to do an advertisement.
1: Every once in a while, and I'm not going to say that everyone is going to get converted, but it's when <laughs> you meet the people who are curious about it. Like, for me to go, it's almost like me going and cold knocking or cold calling on companies and being like, you have got to do social selling. It's got inbound leads. It's blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like the ones that are curious and they're willing to kind of, they're like, oh, yeah. So we're curious because we see the numbers. And I think the main thing is they want to just have this kind of return on investment concept all the time. And I'm like, yes, you're going to get it. But you've got to also be, are you, is the thing you're doing right now working? it? <laughs> <laughs> not working, then you've got to do something different. If it's working and you're getting the business and the, and you're feeding your pipeline, if you're nervous about the future and you think, oh crap, if what I'm doing right now is barely working, then you got to switch it up. You've got to look at the way I, that's why I say, I don't talk to people who try to say, do you do b to some other letter, whatever letters you do, I'm like, I do H D H. Unless you can get down to that human to human conversation, look at the screen. I tell people, this is what I just did on a YouTube live. I said on YouTube, sometimes you're talking and it comes across as like an audience. Like mm. you're speaking on a stage and your audience is out there. But on LinkedIn, if you get on and you actually are personal and you look in that camera and mm. you have a one-on-one conversation like me and you are having, but mm. other people are watching it. And I mm. think that's why Gary V has that vibe and feeling because it feels like you're sitting there at a business table just, with him. Feels like you're in the car with him. He's really mm. tapped into that and I look at that and I say that's it. That's the it's the money shot. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> that's it's the, true. It's true. That's yeah, the con- it's, it's the con- it's the, conversation. the yeah. conversation. It's just a conversation. You have to be you have to be super real about it. I've had some guests that when I told them I wasn't going to send them questions beforehand they opted out, you know, and it's it, 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 the, the two had a publicist and, you know, were quote unquote high profile, but, you know, they didn't feel comfortable enough. And then that to me gave me a different perspective on them because I thought, are you just putting out a lot of shit each day? That's all scripted because mm-hmm. when you come into the freestyle land, that's when things get really murky and nice, right? You got to mm-hmm. have fun. You know, Natalia, she uses the word edutainment all the time. A lot of people I use that. It. And, and and there is a degree of edutainment to it so um content strategy you feel it's important what is your what why are you why are you the shit why are you great at video <laughs> instead of me instead of me asking you little uh, poll quotes and stuff why are you great at video why do you think somebody should actually pay you to do this and help them with it and uh give us some of that love and
1: knowledge why are you the shit I think, first, why don't we just start with why people need to pay me? <laughs> <laughs> I think the main thing is, is I take, I, t- I give people results. I mean, I cut right to the chase and it may be kind of tough love in a way, but I'm like, nobody wants to see up your nose when you're taking a video. I mean, simple things like that, but I realize some- there are some people that may not see the outside of their own jar. So they're inside, just like you need a coach, just mm-hmm. like you need to see if you need to be in corporate or not. What You need people from the outside looking in to crush it, to get to the next level, to level up. So that is why you would pay me to level up. Mm. <laughs> and then the second, you know, the second thing is that people, why am I crushing it? It's a couple of things and it's not something that, I mean, other people can do what I'm doing. And people say, well, it's how you look or it's this or... But I'm like, you know, you could practice your speaking skills. I actually went to Toastmasters for a while to work on my ums and ahs and what are my trigger words that I use. I mean, if you want to level up, you're going to start paying attention to the things. How can you communicate better? How can you make sure to look in the camera? I mean, I'm not perfect. I have these moments, but how can you try to connect? How can you try to feel like you're one on one? Maybe put a picture of somebody you really like talking to behind the camera.
0: <laughs> yeah, I yeah.
1: actually had somebody, I was trying to work on um, a course video and I said, you know what? Sit behind the camera. I want to be able to see as if the camera is literally physically over top of your face. And uh, I will say that is a true thing I have done. Like literally somebody, I can't even see their face, but I can see their hair. <laughs> <laughs> and when I'm looking at the camera, I feel like I'm talking to them. Yeah. And that's why I think it came across so much better. It, it, it was night and day different of how that video came out.
0: Didn't Tyra Banks say something about smizing or smile? And Yeah, yeah smizing, <laughs> right? She's like, look into that camera. Yep. I think about it. So for you, do you think that, I don't know, you know, video, it's kind of it's kind of weird. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've never had any coaching for video or speaking. <laughs> I've spoken at lots of conferences and events, um, schools, con- like, you know, all that. And I butchered some. Uh, I learned the hard way. Um, I sweat profusely on a couple other ones because I just lost. I don't know what happened. I just lost it. And well, I'm that's done- why we're black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: i'm seriously yeah (laughs) Uh,
0: you know so so you kind of learn like by fire so is there any i Mm. mean points of correction you've seen a couple of my videos what would you say like i suck at or i'm really good at yeah it's good like constructive oh on the spot yeah (laughs) i don't i think linkedin most of the ones i posted i think are uh, on the podcast um Other ones, you know, most of them have been a podcast. I think they've been interview mm-hmm. style. I've I've done a couple where I where I where I just do it. But I kind of think about it too, and I'm like, I, I just kind of look at the camera and talk. I, I do feel mm-hmm. though there's um your tonality, your momentum. I feel like that first opening two seconds of if you're gonna say, Hey, it's Ryan with the Ryan Holt Show podcast, like people want to see that that energy come out and then that kind of hooks mm-hmm. it in. But I feel like you know, a, I've, I, there's some people on LinkedIn. They're fantastic at the at the video. Like, they are. Yeah. But And they're kind of taking you through the journey. And you really feel like they're just like, hey, come over here. I want to talk to you for a second. And it's yeah. super, like, to, to warrant that through a camera, I think, is brilliant.
1: So, one thing, if you want some feedback, do you want it right now? Absolutely. <laughs> Give me feedback. So for example, you are interviewing... I like it. Where is this? Kathy. Yeah, Kathy. Yeah. Kathy. And so, for example, the first screen, the shot, you could zoom in on your face and not show that it's Kathy. There's a little oh, bit of yeah. mystery. People uh. love you, you're you're setting the stage. It's so similar to YouTube videos too, where you give them a promise of why they need to watch the whole thing. Interesting. And you're also giving a little bit of mystery about you I mean, you can still tag her. You wrote that it's she's sharing her amazing tips and authentic approach. It's not about the text, but it, the video. If you want people to watch the video, it's got to have that same energy of you show your face. You don't show that she's going to be on the screen next. Oh. And then you come out and then you see both of you talking. Oh, interesting. Oh,
0: so you're almost saying do like a little trailer or, or, like- yeah, or
1: something edited that you do the intro like here, you got a lot more views, and we can see your face. See? Yeah. On that one. Yeah. And that one, if you if this was the interview with you and her, right? Yeah. Can you imagine that screen starting and then go back out? And then all of a sudden you see the two of you talking. This is a
0: good point because I feel like it's almost narcissistic. Cause let me ask you this. This is <laughs> this is funny. So, in my opinion, on the podcast, as a host. Mm-hmm. The focus should be all about your guest. Yes. Your guest is is everything. And everybody who's listening to, this audio, listening to this podcast right now, this is an amazing part. I think this is great. This is like what we call live feedback. But I feel like <laughs> the Ryan Holtz Show podcast is... Ryan Holtz is just a conduit. I'm just a by, byproduct of you. You are the money and the everything because... I'm, I'm really showcasing you as a guest. And that, that's why for me, I said, if I come out and I do a little video intro and then I show it, it's like, well, Ryan, you're always in our face. And like, so, and Mm. I, and I feel that like, I've heard a lot of people say that where they, they feel like, and, and I think I'm sure people listening right now, they've said, Ryan, like, I, I, I feel like it's narcissistic if I'm always in front of video and things like that. And I think that for you, somebody who's like expert with the video I'm I'm sure you've heard that where people are like, listen, I think I could do video, but the other side of it is, I don't want to come across very narcissistic. I want to provide value, but I don't want to you know come out too much. I feel like for me, I put my name in enough already, so I feel that when I'm bringing on a guest, the guest should really be the highlight. And I and I the first few podcasts I ever did, I definitely overtalked my guest a bit, and I felt like no. Mm. You need to sit back. You need to listen more. And I look. I I'm the one that edits these, so I go through them and I can see the talking bars. And if you yeah. look at my first three podcasts, <laughs> holy, the guest was just sitting there. Oh no! You know? And 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 everybody said it was great, but yeah. no, it wasn't great. Maybe they were. Maybe they said it was great because I'm a nice guy and I, you know, <laughs> I I give great content, but I'm like, no, 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 it, it it was not good.
1: I was gonna say another concept would be to um let's say again i feel like it's that sense of mystery Mm. so you could take a clip so say for example this one you Mm. want to show me and maybe you show me like where you take a clip but you zoom in and you have a little bit of you maybe some of me but you've zoomed in on me as the first shot and i'm like doing something where i had the fox up and i'm like
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: And you take that screen, and then you go into the video, and that's of the true. two of us talking. That's true. So yeah, there, I just true. give you your money. Yeah, for- yeah.
0: That- <laughs> Thank you. Now, all I need you to say is the Ryan Holt Show podcast.
1: <laughs> the Ryan Holt Show pod. Oh, the Ryan Holt Show podcast coming up next.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Actually, I like that. Um, you're you're you're, you're absolutely amazing. Uh, I want to get into the fire round really quick. I know you're pressed for time and stuff. Um, first question: sneakers or heels? Sneakers. Okay. Two. What's for dinner tonight?
1: Uh, maybe Chick Fil A. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Biggest pet peeve of social media?
1: Oh, uh, that everyone has an opinion.
0: <laughs> okay. okay. Are you a hunter or gatherer?
1: Uh, hunter.
0: Okay. You're a new addition to the crayon box. What color would you be? Red. Okay. Red.
1: Don't they have? Oh, a new edition. Yeah. Oh, Wait a sec. Out. Yeah, different, hotter red.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who would win the fight between Superman or Batman?
1: Wonder Woman.
0: Oh, I like that. <laughs> that is, no, that's beautiful. I like that.
1: Nope, I like that. Laugh.
0: Boom! I like that. I like that. No, that was good. That she might like actually. Break
1: it up, that might break actually. It up. That
0: might actually. I've been. To, I've asked other uh female guests on the show, and that's pro- that's the best answer to that question, hands down. I, I mean, I think that's great. What is the number one thing that drives you?
1: My car. <laughs> Just
0: kidding. Yeah, you almost got me on that one too. I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs>
1: um. Seeing that I'm raising a child that can see the options, it's leveling up the next generation.
0: Wow. Okay. I like that. Uh, Proudest moment personally?
1: Mm, That I even just first made a video and put it out on LinkedIn.
0: Okay. Uh, Biggest professional accomplishment?
1: Hmm. Um, That I'm passionate to keep doing it and I'm not going to stop.
0: How do you define success? What's What's your definition of success?
1: Um, that I'm smiling at the end of the day.
0: Okay, that's great. I like that. Uh, What are you scared of? Spiders. Spiders. Okay. (laughs) Um, do you have a role model?
1: Um, hmm.
0: Maybe the role model doesn't even know you think they're a role model.
1: Um, I mean, I guess in some ways I have to say my dad. I'm a lot mm. like him, but I'm like, oh, my, my parents missing my parents. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I mean, That's not from a cheesy perspective. There were times no. that I was like, whatever. I don't want anything to do with you. But, um, but at the end of the day, they helped me level up. So, and but, I guess becoming a parent makes you realize like, oh crap. It's, that's, you, you what, know,
0: becoming what, a parent I, is, it's not cheesy. Like I think <laughs> about it. And I'm like, I think about all the diapers I changed. I think about. Like you're you're I mean, it it, it definitely is self-reflective since I had my son. I mean, you really look at yourself and you're 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 like you're this child's last line and only line of defense. And yeah. that, that is the reality. So I, I, I love the fact that you uh, hold your parents in such high regard. The people that I meet that are fortunate to have really great relationships with their parents and the the people that the people that definitely get on my weird side is the people that actually have two living parents that are mm-hmm. the parents are actually saying, "I want to be a part of your life," and you're just too consumed in your own life to be like, "Mom and Dad, like I really love you." Like that to me is crazy because there's a lot of people yeah. out there that have no parents, right? Yeah. So love your
1: parents. No, they helped me out the other day. They came over. Um, If I need them, they'll watch my dog, my son. They'll <laughs> you know, get the mail. They live six miles away, so. Oh. I'm good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what is your What
0: is your favorite thing to do? Like, is there anything that. Not, 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 it doesn't have to be video related, but just something that you're like, man, I'm weird or just something that just gets you going. Like you just love. I
1: just love being organized. I, like, <laughs> I literally, I'm working on a project to surround myself by inspirational quotes. Oh, affirmations. So these are all, yeah, like I made 30. So they're going to be all, oh, oh, that one's blank. It's <laughs> yet to be determined. Good for so, you.
0: Good for you. Yeah. Um... When you think of, you're in West
1: Virginia? I'm in Virginia.
0: When you think of Virginia, what's the first word that comes to mind? That it's not West Virginia.
1: I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that it's homey, it's home.
0: Yeah. One so. piece of advice you would give to someone who is scared shitless.
1: Um, do it anyway. Okay. Uh, <laughs>
0: judy i think this has been great i'm gonna end off i want to do a little bit of a role play for people who are listening and you whatever business or aspiration you have on linkedin because judy judy does a great job of it let's say do i need want,
1: to put on a wig for this for no role play? no
0: let's say <laughs> let's, let's say you woke up tomorrow <laughs> you woke up tomorrow you decided you wanted to be a radio personality And maybe your opinion of radio, you're probably like the traditional media industry is not doing so well with TV and radio, but maybe you want to be a radio personality. How could you use LinkedIn to maybe get yourself a foot in the door at a radio station?
1: Wow. So you would. That's great, eh? Yes, you would wake up that morning and you would go on LinkedIn. First, you would make sure your own profile does not, you've got your picture there, you've got at least some information about who you are. You're not um, nobody, if that makes sense. Like you have it filled in. And you would look up the radio station, especially again, if you're going to use LinkedIn to do this, you would look up those individuals, find out who at a local radio station that you want to get involved with is being active or somewhat active on LinkedIn and you would check out their content. You would see if they're posting, you would engage in their content. And then, then after you've done that, even just for a couple of weeks, and then you would reach out and say, hey, I've been paying attention to what you've been posting. I really appreciate this article that you just wrote like four days ago. Would you be willing to connect? I would love to connect. And then when you connect, don't spam them. Don't make it about yourself. Mm. Try to see and and say to them, you know, hey, I'm interested in figuring out if it's not you, would you be willing to connect me with somebody at the station who would be interested in chatting? Mm. Because sometimes you can't expect people who are being super active on LinkedIn. Maybe they don't. You know, you're consuming their content and they're thankful. But then to say that it could be them or it could be somebody else at the station, that's always a good opening. Absolutely.
0: Interesting. So you think it could be done? You think you could yes. find it? You think eventually?
1: Yes. I think showing interest in someone else gives it's such an old advice, which is from like the Dale Carnegie, "Win friends and influence people, if you show interest in other people, they'll show interest in you. But I, I what you just heard was me earning the right to ask for any type of ask. If you've shown up and shown interest in them or even go to an see that they're hosting an event at a local race and they've got a tent, go to that. That's also an in-person thing that you might be able to do. Mm,
0: I like that. Um, just last question. Who that you've met in person that most people would know, maybe they would know, that is just the real deal and absolutely amazing? Who's the number one person you're like? Maybe you're even nervous. You're like, "Holy shit, I'm in this person's presence. Wow." But this person like like I'm, I I like basically just say, saying to you, "This person's so high in their game, like I got to level level up." But it's not a bad thing. It's almost driving you
1: I think seeing the work that Six Sisters stuff, do you know who they are? They're in this, they're huge. I mean, I have known who they are for a very long time. They're huge on Facebook, huge. I mean, they literally go wherever they go and they become huge. And so check them out. Six Sisters stuff. It's Six Sisters who started a blog, basically. And I followed them from the beginning. Like, I feel like one of the original fans or something. So I met Kristen Hills, who is one of the six sisters, and I started talking with her and I was a little bit like, oh, my gosh, I'm talking to Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) But I ended up convincing her that LinkedIn was amazing and we and, you know, I could text her like that's so cool, like to be able to connect in such a way that is like it's human to human. Mm. She's just another human who is on this planet trying to make things and figure it out. So Mm. She's very down-to-earth and very approachable and extremely, if you provide her value, she's going to turn around and provide you value kind of thing.
0: And then where are they based? Do you know? Are they Uh, based out of one area? All the
1: different sisters are definitely spread out. She's now in California, but she's still in Texas. I think they all originally were from Utah. And they're actually
0: like six biological sisters. That's insane!
1: (laughs) Wow! Wow! Now you, The challenges of running a business with six sisters is insane and to listen to some of the things that she even said. So I sat next to her and we ate dinner together and yeah, so she's the real deal and she's so sweet.
0: Now you met Gary Vaynerchuk for like, like a brief moment. Would you say he's he's definitely like what was your first what was your first impression?
1: Just be um, so, I want
0: honest like first impression.
1: So interesting, I actually hung out with him in the green room for about 30 to 45 minutes. Okay,
0: okay. You just got
1: a glimpse. Yeah. I actually felt a little like, okay, I don't want to take video because even though everyone would want to be on video at this moment, I want to be in the moment. Yeah. So it does look like I saw him for like a split second, but I think he, he does like to hold court. He shows up on video just how he is in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he he does seem to come across like he's on stage all the time. He's on camera all the time. So he literally, he he literally is, is. Yeah. The cameras were all around. That's why <laughs> I was like, what, what what footage do I need to get right now? So um, and I don't know. You know, I wasn't necessarily in the eyeline of the camera. It's one of those things where you, when you see all those people sitting at the table, you don't know everyone at the table or you can't see them. But the point is, is. You know, he's um, genuinely wanting to support other people and lift up the journey. He definitely has a snappy like this is the way and you know, there's good in that because it cuts through the crap that Mm. other people get stuck in their heads Mm -hmm. and you don't need to get stuck there. But I tend to, you know, my style is a little bit like you, which is the curiosity. I hold space sometimes for curiosity for people to figure it out themselves. Whereas I feel like he's quicker to say, you don't need to figure out yourself; just friggin' do it. <laughs> just <laughs> get out of your. Head. But it, and I and I think there's a time and a place for that. And I think because he's going on stage and he's a personality, he's a show, and he right. even says that he's a show.
0: So I just love the fact that you are so high vibrance; like your energy is off the roof. Um, you are constantly, I will not say like, I don't know you well at all, but I mean, just your general online presence is always very boisterous. And it's amazing how many people might actually say, wow, she's like always like that. I just really seen through that. And I think it's great because you you have this amazing, like foundational side of you where you're mm-hmm. just like, no, 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 I'm not always here. Like I'm you're very tactful. You're very strategic. You know, you, you're really you do a lot behind the scenes. You're doing a lot yes. of work behind the scenes. And that other part of you being so high energy is only one aspect of who you are. And the fact that you just said, well, I met Gary Vaynerchuk, great guy, but, you know, I'm a little bit more like, okay, I'll do that. But like I need to come back and come home for a bit and just, you know, let everything kind of kind of settle out a bit. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, Plug yourself away. How do people reach out to you? Instagram, LinkedIn. um, And uh, at the end of your plug... You can tell me one way I can be of service to you.
1: Ah, so J U D I—that's the kicker. It's J U D I. So judyfox.com is where you can actually go, and you will find at the very top there's links to Instagram, Pinterest. LinkedIn, Twitter, you know all the all the jazz. It's all there. So if you just go to that one spot, you will find me everywhere. And I would love it. <laughs> I am a big fan of like LinkedIn. LinkedIn's my number one platform. I also love Pinterest. I'm at about mm-hmm. 30,000, 20 to 30,000 views a month mm-hmm. on Pinterest, which I think is fun. That's fantastic. And then <laughs> But Instagram, I would love to grow it. I love the idea of having that swipe up feature. I love the fun. I love the stories. I just only got on there. So that's why I'm a little little fresh face there. Perfect. <laughs> Trying to figure it out. And, and, and I'll go on. And how, my handle everywhere is J-U-D-I-W Fox. Judy J-U-D-I Fox was probably already taken, but W is my middle name. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and how, how, can, how can I be of assistance to you? How, how can we help?
1: um how can we help i I always Um,
0: like to ask this question
1: i just be a great connection on social media and stay in each other's orbit and continue the conversation because i think honestly every single person you meet with networking it's kind of like i don't want to say it's like dating because that's too personal maybe but it is similar you get to know each other you get to trust Mm. trust isn't Uh, Something immediate, but you can feel it pretty quickly, and then you trust more and more, and then you go, "How can we work together? How can we collaborate? What can we do?" But yeah, it's something that we will continue the conversation. I'll continue to send you videos, like (laughs) (laughs) yeah, help help me grow on Instagram. How about that?
0: Absolutely, whatever I can do. (laughs) It it is dating though. You're right, and I and, and and like people with marketing and stuff. It's it's really interesting. How do you deal with clients, especially clients? You get the kind of clients are like, listen, I want to do business and I want to just do the transaction. If you can show results, we're cool. And then you get the ones that maybe you have to handhold. So it becomes this like marriage. Mm -hmm. That's my only. It's funny when you're in a consultative type business where you're exchanging time for money, basically. Right. If you want to get to the core of it, you often get into people's um, orbit in a different way. You know how to separate and keep everything the way it should but sometimes they don't so they kind of look at you like for instance you'll go in and do marketing consulting but you find yourself slowly easy into management consulting because you're like well how do we create process internally how do you find that is an annoying part of what you do do you find you interact with that or you like it
1: I think I like it I think because I start off the relationship with I'm gonna be myself if you want to be excited to work with me I'm excited to work with you. I don't and I also leave it as I've done management for and systems and processes and being an engineer all of that kind of technical and getting into the management systems standard operating procedures It kind of (laughs) is in my bones so that doesn't bother me at all like getting into the middle in the muck I think the main thing is, is if it's not going well I you know pull back and say at any moment You can cancel because why are we going to continue to fight for something Mm. if you're feeling it or I'm not feeling it or I start off that way, like really, really clear because it's literally can you imagine being in a relationship and they are holding on to you and saying you can never leave. So, (laughs) like, I mean, obviously it's different if you're married, but (laughs) dating, like it's the same thing. It's like, let's have a great relationship and let's keep it fun. I try to keep it high energy, but you know and i try to like you bring the value if i can over deliver and keep bringing value that's what i'm trying to do so
0: perfect it's
1: all about it
0: everybody (laughs) a big round of applause to judy this has been the rhino Show podcast another episode judy we salute you you are the best ever